Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. FSN Radio. It's all about what's next. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and sign up for your free weekly newsletter. You'll also get three free reports. The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next. Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. The date is January 4th, 2016. Happy New Year to all of you out there. Although the stock markets, we got panic in Needle Park, as uh, we used to say in the good old days. Needle Park was a little triangle right um, on Broadway in Manhattan. And they just, uh, well, there was a movie with Al Pacino. It's a great movie. You should check it out. But Basically, Wall Street's a bunch of uh, junkies, money junkies, and the supply looks like it's being cut back dramatically. And John Rabino, dollarcollapse.com, is here to talk about it now. Don't forget, uh, John, you now have a new podcast that is uh, growing in popularity. It's amazing how many of you are listening to it. We feature it on financialsurvivalnetwork.com. So go over to uh, the iTunes store and the uh, Simply put in dollar collapse in the search box and subscribe. And John, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Carrie. Hey, uh, I did used to live by Needle Park. Funny. You did? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun place to live in, in a lot of uh, strange ways back in the day. Yeah. Any, anyhow, oh, yeah. interesting morning Very this morning. Strange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And look, when you cut off the supply of money to those addicts in uh, Wall Street, you are going to have uh, some unhappy characters and uh, markets implode. What's going on here in China? What's your take on it? Well, there, there's a lot going on in the world, starting with the Middle East, which um, I, I think was part of the uh, the problem this morning. Uh, because over the weekend, um, Saudi Arabia decided that uh, it was going to ring in the new year by beheading a bunch of people, <laughs> one of whom was a, a prominent one way of doing it. You know, yeah, well, like, hey, yeah. why not kill? Why not chop off some heads? It's happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> Set the tone for 2016. Yeah, and, and uh, one of them was a, a prominent Shia cleric who was um, near and dear to Iran. And so Iran um, got mad at Saudi Arabia. Some Iranians um, stormed and burned down the Saudi embassy in Tehran. And then Saudi Arabia uh, cut off diplomatic relations with Iran. And a bunch of Saudi Arabia's allies are now joining in. So So you've got yet another uh, source of conflict in the Middle East going there. And this, this could be potentially pretty big because these are the two big um, rivals for dominance in the Middle East. And they, they have kind of a Catholic Protestant thing going on at the same time where the Sunnis and the Shia um, are in a low level and sometimes not so low level civil war for dominance in the Islamic world. So um, things just got a lot more complex in the Middle East. And then China reported some bad manufacturing numbers and its stock market tanked 
this morning or really last night from a, a U.S. perspective. And, and uh, their circuit breakers kicked in. They closed their market. So the, the Chinese yeah. market is not trading. Uh, and that bled over to the rest of the world. So European stock markets tanked and the U.S. Dow is down, uh, what, 442 points right now this morning. Uh, and so it's basically risk off all over the world. Everybody is really behaving rationally from the point of view of the sound money community uh, three or four years later than they should have started behaving this way. But uh, everybody's basically panicking right now. You know, there is no such thing as risk off, right? I mean, that is a misnomer. You, there's no such thing as no risk in a, in a trade or an investment. Uh, so I think that's a misnomer and I don't think it's going to work out well either. <laughs> well, well, there's, there's such a thing as less risk. For instance, if you have a junk bond portfolio in this kind of an environment, your tendency would be to sell it and go to cash, which is temporarily risk-free. You know, it's in the long run, obviously you don't want to hold fiat currency cash because it's going to be, um, devalued progressively by the issuing government until it's worthless somewhere out there in the, the not too distant future. But this week. Cash is better than junk bonds, and it's much better than Chinese stocks. So, so you're seeing the market move in that direction. Now the question becomes, um, is this just the prelude to the, the next installment of the Greenspan put? In other words, will the, the central banks of the world respond to a day like today or a couple more days like today with another um, infusion of super easy money? And will the world's traders respond to that the way they have to the last 15 or 20 instances of, uh, of central banks intervening in choppy markets to, um, to stop the carnage by melting up? In other words, will there be a buying panic the minute that the Fed says, oh, OK, we're not going to raise interest rates next time around and we, we might even cut interest rates, you know, which that's what the talking heads of the Fed will say if we have another couple of bad days like this. Um, and so... It's possible that the traders are going to anticipate this latest move and start buying here pretty soon. You never know. But right now, this morning, uh, the financial markets are behaving rationally. You know, they're, they're behaving as um, reasonable economic actors should behave in the face of all the numbers that are out there. You know, insane levels of debt and huge amounts of money creation around the world and geopolitics that are um, as frightening as they've been since at least the Vietnam War and maybe since World War II. You know, those are the kind of things that would normally cause people with money at risk to take some money off the table. And the only reason that it hasn't happened sooner is because the central banks of the world have intervened every single time, starting in the late 1990s. You know, every time there's a mini crisis, anything with systemic potential um, has been met with easy money, lower interest rates, et cetera, et cetera. And so we expect it to happen again, and it certainly will happen again. But someday, at some point, the markets will, will correctly see this as a sign of weakness, not as a sign of strength on the part of the world's governments. And they'll respond accordingly with even more selling, you know. So maybe this is the time. It's going to happen eventually. And, uh, and so we'll see. We can't know ahead of time which will be the breaking point for these crazy markets. But it's completely possible that sometime in the next couple of weeks we get that test and the central banks of the world fail that test. And then all bets are off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um we just kind of been waiting for this moment to occur, haven't we? Uh, for a long time, and you think, <laughs> yeah, since how long, 2012. <laughs> how long can it go on? How long can this happen? And then it just keeps going on and on. And you think, well, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, maybe the world is uh, is not so crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I, it's I, me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, yeah, I get that a lot now. People will say, well, maybe they've just figured out how to keep this going on forever. You know, it's in the interest of all the big players out there to have this kind of an environment um, continue. So why would it stop? You know, why won't they just keep it going on forever? And the answer to that, that's very seductive, by the way, because they, they have been able to keep it going much longer than you would have thought which kind of discredited a lot of the people who said, well, you know, given debt levels, what they are, you know, and, and 2012, 2013, that's the end of the road. Um, well, the answer to that is that um, there is a limit. You know, there, there's a, an amount of debt that no amount of monetary policy can fix. There's an amount of leverage in the, uh, the speculating community that leads to instability that can't be controlled. You know, these, these things are out there. This wall is coming, but we don't know when we'll hit it. And so, yeah, it's completely possible that extremely easy money buys us another couple of years of, of quote unquote stability. But out there somewhere, the system falls apart and we'll find out at that time who was swimming naked. And it'll turn out to be most <laughs> leveraged speculators for sure. You know, when the tide goes out, um, lots and lots of people will go bankrupt and we'll have this kind of cascade failure of the global financial system. But when? <laughs> Who knows when? You know, it might be this year. Um, this is what it will feel like today when when it actually happens. This will be the what it feels like to be in the early stages of the uh, the end of the financial world as we know it. Uh, but we still have to get past the next intervention by the big central banks because they will jump in with both feet when the time comes. You know, you're going to see a shock and awe, um, mother of all liquidity infusions if we have another few days like this one. And that'll be the big test because um, it's completely possible that you, you can buy another huge upleg in financial asset prices by, uh, in effect, devaluing the world's currencies really aggressively or doing a, a debt jubilee or, you know, just bypassing the whole debt market and, and beginning to finance governments directly with newly printed currency. There, there's a lot of experiments that can still be done out there. And we have to see how the traders of the world respond to them. And, you know, who knows? This is uncharted territory. This is completely experimental. So not even the guys doing it know how it's going to turn out. And uh, so, so individual investors certainly can't know. But today, the, the environment is favorable for precious metals and really, really unfavorable for unbacked financial assets. So I think we should at least enjoy it while it lasts and then hope that at some point soon, this becomes the new reality because th this reflects actual fundamental reality in the markets. You know, we are a mess. We're over leveraged and uh, government policy at almost every level is completely incompetent. And almost you, what, what, where is it competent? I want to know <laughs> <laughs> when did there, it get competent? There, there must be some place. Well, Iceland is pretty competent. Yeah. You know? The 300,000 people living in Iceland are doing a fairly decent job of managing their economy, apparently. That's it. But uh, almost nowhere else, you know? Yeah, it really isn't when you get down to it. There's nobody else. I mean, China was like, uh, hey, gold, there's going to be a gold back uh, yuan, and that's going to make everything work right. And they aren't doing it. I don't think uh, they will ever do it until there's literally a gun to their heads. Yeah, well, I mean, at least they're accumulating gold, which means they have the option at some point to back their currency with gold or to sell their gold at a much higher price in terms of the world's currencies. You know, that, that's a, a good investment for them to make in the long run. So they're behaving correctly in that sense. But 
you know, they, they made a lot of other huge mistakes. They borrowed more money than every any other country has ever borrowed uh, in in five years between yeah. 2008 and 2013. And they, they continued to borrow money, even though not at the same pace as before. But a lot of that debt that they took on um, was bad debt. In other words, it was malinvestment. They, they built things with the proceeds that they shouldn't have built, and it's not generating the cash flow that they need. So they've got a mess on their own, on their hands, um, in a non-gold related area of their economy. Um, and of course, the US and Europe and Japan are all in their own ways, um, insanely messy. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd asked a bunch of economists if today's numbers were possible, they would have said, no, no way. We will blow up before we get to the point of uh, debt of three or 400% of GDP and unfunded liabilities even more than that, and blah, blah, blah. You know, if you, if you look at today's numbers, they don't, they wouldn't have seemed physically possible to an economist in the 1980s. And yet here we are. So I, I think the, um, the assertion that this is physically impossible is going to be borne out eventually. And uh, re reality is going to have to reassert itself at, via some kind of huge crisis. But when it happens is anybody's guess. Yeah, that's it. But uh, we're on our way. Certainly would appear. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, January is an important month. You have the January effect, which I don't know, 80 or 90% of the time. So goes January. So goes the year. Uh, starting out, well, we'll see what the uh, what those alchemists at the uh, Fed can do to make this a, a winner. Can they do anything? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the question. Someday they won't be able to. Someday they'll they'll do something that previously made the markets happy, and the markets will respond in the opposite way. And then the game is over because the Fed will basically be out of tools. You know, right now they can still buy equities. The Japanese central bank is one of the biggest equity buyers in the world in the Japanese market. And they're, they're buying um, stocks of other countries, too. And there's no reason why the Fed can't say, OK, we're going to create a trillion dollars and we're going to buy blue chip U.S. stocks with it and see what happens then. You know, and, and so that kind of stuff is still out there. And we don't know how the markets will respond to that. It's possibly possible that everybody's going to say, well, OK, the, the really dumb money is buying now. You know, you got governments as the buyer of last resort. Let's sell our stock to these guys. And then stocks actually go down while governments are buying. That would be the rational response to um, to what's coming. Uh, but unfortunately, the financial markets haven't behaved rationally in the past 10 or so years. You know, they, they've um, behaved as if. The stuff that was going on was actually going to work in the long run. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it clearly hasn't. We're tipping into recession globally right now. You know, if, Deutsche Bank just came out with a study that, um, that showed that if you value the, uh, the world's economies in dollars rather than local currency terms, you know, the dollar is up so much that the world is actually in a deep recession right now when valued in dollars. So the global economy is shrinking right now. And um, that's something that's not apparent to us because here in the U.S. we use dollars, so our currency is up. But if the, the global economy is shrinking, the U.S. can't be immune to that. And this is after the greatest bout of money creation and credit creation in the history of the human race. We should be, just mathematically speaking, in the middle of a of, of rip-roaring boom. You know, we should have so much money flowing into everything right now and people getting jobs and big raises and wage cost inflation going through the roof. You know, it should be that kind of a boom right now based on the amount of money that central banks created 
getting pumped into the system. Instead, we've got a global recession, a deepening global recession um, to go along with all the wars and other crazy stuff that's happening out there. So you can make the case that quantitative easing and the other related policies of the last few years have, have been an abject failure and that uh, something else is going to have to be tried, either much, much bigger versions of QE or some new experiment. And uh, there's no reason to expect them to work if these other big experiments didn't work. So I, I think the, the rational response is really to hunker down right now and to go as risk off as it's possible to go. Uh, but I think the leverage speculating community is not yet convinced. And they're the ones they're not that's ready. the tail that wags the dog. Yeah. Yeah. They're really not ready to admit the futility of it all. And it's only going to come to their disadvantage in the end here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in right. the end, it all blows up. We just can't know when. Yeah. Well, some people think they know, but I wonder about them. But, you know, that's, that's the troll factor out there. So, hey, there's a troll out there that knows when this is going to blow up. We'd like to know. So, uh, <laughs> right? Well, well, you know, in, in each cycle, there are um, prognosticators. There, there are people who make a couple of predictions that turn out to be true and then become mm -hmm. big names. And historically... Yeah. They never they, follow through. <laughs> yeah, historically, they then they make some other big predictions that turn out to be wrong, and then they they just kind of drop back into the pack of people who um, who make a living as technicians or whatever, but who who aren't seen as infallible. And so, you know, we've got a um, a crop of them this time, guys who who have predicted over the last five or 10 years, what was going to happen and who, who've been largely right and who now have a following. And we'll see if these guys can keep it up. And, uh, you know, the, their predictions are all over the place. You've got inflationists and deflationists and, and uh, people who still have pretty good recent records. And just based on history, my impulse is to kind of discount them. But you never know. Some of them will end up being right. And it's just a question of which one. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what the problem is? There's a lot of people who are right. It's just a question, is it the stop clock phenomena? You know, the stop clock is right two times per day, John. So mm -hmm. uh, you make enough predictions like Gene Dixon predicting that the uh, President Kennedy would get killed and eventually you're bound to be right on some place. And even if it's a wrong prediction, you're, you'll be right for the wrong reasons, if you will. And uh, that's, that's not a good thing because then you wind up getting this following people get these followings and uh and they're really uh just kind of uh deceptive at best uh you know they're not really you're not really getting the uh the story as it were you're just getting it from somebody who was right this time right mhm mm yeah uh and and i think the world is such a complex place now in which there are so many moving parts you know it looks like the inside of a swiss watch or something where it was really hard to tease out the causality um, and so many experiments are being tried that have, have never been done before that, uh, it's very, very hard to say that, oh, 2016 is going to be X, Y, Z. Um, my sense is it is going to be a really volatile year that crazy things will happen and the markets are going to respond in, in really extreme ways. Uh, but that's just my sense of it. You know, I could be wrong. We could have this really placid year in which uh, everything is very stable. Um, and then it blows up in 2017. Who knows? Um, but I, I think that the world is definitely lurching towards some kind of a definitive crisis. And um, it could easily be this year in which the, the financial system has a um, an existential crisis or 
some kind of geopolitical thing happens where the U.S. and Russia end up in a shooting war or Saudi Arabia and Iran um, do, and it pulls the big powers into the Middle East, you know, something like that, um, which trumps any kind of financial system event. You know, this is just so big when you when you have major powers with weapons that, um, that, that are even more destructive than the last batch that got used the last time there was a, a big war. Um, and and they're staring at each other and possibly shooting at each other. You know, something like that is the kind of thing that just chills everyone, including financial players, including spe- leverage speculators. And so that's all out there. You know, it's completely possible in the year ahead. And it's, it's really unpredictable because we don't know what these guys are going to do under pressure in the moment. You know, it's, it's not a, a large historical forces kind of thing. It's a uh, guys under stress with their fingers on buttons and, uh, and you know, picking up the red phone and issuing orders. And, and, you know, you, you can't predict how that's going to play out, but uh, we, we've created the conditions in which lots of crazy things can happen. So I think it's a safe bet that one or two of them do happen. I think you're absolutely right. And I guess you're going to be talking about that in your next podcast, John. Yeah, I'll, I'll cover a lot of that today in the podcast I'm going to do. And that'll um, be issued when? Carrie, Wednesday or Thursday, probably. Uh, something maybe, like we'll, that. maybe even earlier than that. Yeah. We'll do our best to get it out as quick as we can. and. Go over to dollarcollapse.com, check out uh, John's latest uh, three articles, been pumping them out again as things have been heating up, and uh, you'll always find a link on our site, financialsurvivalnetwork.com, in the show notes to this interview, to John's site, and take a look at FSN. Got uh, our webmaster bringing in dozens of articles a day, keep you informed, give you the information that you need, and John, we will talk to you next week. Great, Kerry. Talk to you then. FSN Radio. It's all about what's next. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and sign up for your free weekly newsletter. You'll also get three free reports. The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.